What time is it? It's time for Ricketts Bursey. Hey, this is Wade Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave, and we've got a special guest with us today that I will get to momentarily. First, Steve, how are you, how you doing, buddy? What's going on? Uh, I'm doing phenomenally. Uh, here's my local sports update. Uh, my rec team it maintains their undefeated streak. Uh, I got those kids to uh, have some pretty solid games. Our first game this morning, I had to pull my goal scorer and put him in goal just to keep them as far away from the other team as possible. I I didn't want those poor uh, third and fourth graders to get nightmares after. I mean, this kid, he was up five, nothing after 10 minutes. It's like, all right, buddy, like <laughs> back off a little bit. <laughs> I think, I think you giving them nightmares is a, is a good idea. It's actually, funny. You, it's you funny. want fear. One of the kids, one of the kids said to me uh, on the side, he says, uh, coach, um, I thought this was all about having fun. Right. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but isn't winning fun. Steve's like, I'm having fun. I'm, I'm having, having fun, fun right now. Having fun? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've played <laughs> every right. other rec team. We've beaten all of them and we still have half of a season to go. I, I don't even know how many games I'm supposed to be playing, but uh, it's looking pretty promising that uh, green team, the Vermonsters, as they've decided to call themselves, nice. uh, are looking to keep uh, undefeated this season. Very nice. Congrats. Keep us yeah. posted on that absolutely big mike how are you sir uh i am buzzing right now um not just because i've had a a beer and a half already um but because uh my son my son is currently uh warming up to get on the pitch in 30 minutes and uh, i'll be getting updates but uh we had a fantastic fucking weekend right um i got to work early on friday because i thought i had covid uh, i thought i was dying um i thought somebody had stabbed me in the throat and i didn't know it uh so i just said you know what i'm going home went home i've been testing for covid every goddamn day and uh lo and behold i had some drinks yesterday uh and uh and now i feel tip top but uh yeah i'm currently missing my son's my son's game today but he's got between school ball and through his and through his uh his academy ball i i, I there's just too many games so uh i, I, I can't get burned out and i gotta be here i gotta be here with our special guest today so you know you uh, know mike you're you're just you're just teaching him listen listen little man i'm here for you but every once in a while dad's got other things he has to take care of can't be at everything and i think that's a good that's how i grew up yeah, right i have absolutely. to i have to be good enough because my daughter plays uh high school volleyball now so i have to go to her matches too um so it's now it's to the point where my wife and I have to kind of split it up. But since uh, we have the uh, first the first annual Wicked Spursy baseball trip coming up, and I'll be missing I'll be missing a, an entire tournament of Lucas's, uh, I have made the commitment to go to both of his uh, school matches this week. So well done, Dad. Well done. Hey, at least you didn't leave for a carton of cigarettes and never came back. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's just what's a game or two, right? That's right. That's right. It's all about perspective. Yeah. 
Hey, let's get to uh, let's get to our friend that's joining us today. We we are joined by um, somebody that we enjoy listening to and are glad to hang out with today, Ricky, uh, who it, we know him best from from the Fighting Cock, but others I'm sure know Ricky from other things as well. Ricky, it's great to have you with us today, man. How are you? I am very well, and it's good to be here, man. It's it, uh, I've been excited to come on, a little bit nervous, but really? excited. Yeah, come on, yeah, you've been yeah. doing you've been doing this forever. What what make you nervous, mate? I've been doing this for well, since the fighting cock's been going, which is like 12, 13 years. Um, and there isn't a time, like when I'm recording with Flav and the rest of the boys, it's it's easy. But um, when you're on other people's shows, it's mm. like a bit like you you got you kind of got to not perform, but you've got to, you know, you just got to understand the vibe on how everyone kind of, the, the camaraderie between everyone and make sure that you fit in really. Nice. And I, you know, and I'm a yeah. Brit, so it's like uh, there's there's that thing coming on to to an American podcast and American listeners as well. Um, it's exciting though. That's 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 valid. That that makes sense actually. I appreciate you making you know explaining that. Let's. I'll I'll give you the the quick uh, Cliff's notes on this. So Steve and I make fun of Mike. That's really something we do often. Mike yeah. gets upset and and lashes out at us. We share a love of Spurs. Um, we we laugh at each other. We swear more frequently than we probably want to. And uh, ultimately, we we view these conversations as like therapy. It's uh, whether things are good or bad. We always leave these podcasts feeling better when we're done than when we started. So that's that's the vibe for it. If you wanted the quick quick, yeah, Mike's got this look on his face know. like I'm going to go and graffiti Dave's car or something. Exactly. I'm just teeing well, him up. You know. My, you know what Mike, Mike is best when he's angry, Mike. So I'm just trying to trying to bring him along. There. Yeah, he fucking he fucking works me up to the, to the <laughs> point where I start stammering and I fall over myself all the fucking time. Right now, I'm pretty pissed off because uh, my glasses keep fogging up for some reason. I had to, I had a wardrobe change already. My, the goddamn hat that I had on was made of wool. Had a wardrobe get, change. <laughs> it's fucking unreal. Like noon noontime on a Sunday, baby. Cheers. Very nice. You guys want to talk about? Want to talk? Go ahead, Rick. Sorry, did you, did you say it's, uh, it's noon there? Tw- so twelve o'clock. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's lunchtime here. How about that? You're approaching it, dinner there, right? Well, yeah, it's ten past five here. So, like, I does that mean I'm living in the future? You, you are in the are. future. Yeah, Fuck, You're five hours man. into the future. You are in a place yeah. that has not happened to us yet. That, that's, that's pretty <laughs> pretty phenomenal. Warn us if anything bad's coming. So that's why, you know, those, those, those noon 1230 games that you watch every once in a while, that's like, you know, yeah. 730, 730 AM for us. That's, that's how it, it works. It's uh, Dude, I love those games, man. I get to, you know, just settle in with my coffee and just. Yep, that's bagels, relax, donuts and coffee man. time. True. Yeah. And then when it's done, you're like, if it's a Saturday, you're like, Hey, what are we doing today? You know, after, after it's done by nine or nine 30, it's good. Do you guys all live locally to each other? sort of right Mike, steve and I, how would you yeah go ahead and explain that mike so steve and i steve and i are i i, I live in georgia vermont um so we're yeah. all we're on the east coast we're kind of sandwiched between the sea coast and new york state and yeah. canada and then so oh, steve I, we're in very northern vermont steve and i uh we're basically on the lake on lake champlain um so steve is about eight minutes from my house dave however is further down our state so he's closer to massachusetts um than than we are so um he's actually even further down from where i grew up 
Yeah. Uh, which you know, about two and a half hours away, Dave, three. Yeah. Two and a half, three. I could be in Boston in three hours or I could be at Mike's house in three hours. That's kind of the, the directional uh, difference for you. If you and know Boston, that Boston is yeah, yeah, yeah. more fun than my house. <laughs> it, it is I a mean, little better than Georgia. Yeah. yeah. They've got, the, they've got this hour, but experience the, they've got the experience, the, uh, the, the wonder that is a, a 14 year old girl's bedroom when he slept over and my daughter had to sleep down in the cellar. So he got to, I, I, that sounded really fucking bad. Dude. It sounded <laughs> awful, man. I'm, well, let's, let's move on from We're that. Gonna fucking, all right, I'm going to clip out right there. God, damn, see? No, that's staying in. Dave deserves that's, it. You know, I, I wonder if a 14-year-old girl's bed. I, I fucked that up. Adam. Mike, I used to work in a field where that, that could have cost me my job right there. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the comments. <laughs> that's what you get for uh, the, the pod two weeks ago. Fair enough. That's Fair what enough. you get for being mean. Hey, Ricky, before we get into, you know, talking football and all that, could, could I just talk about your story a little bit? I mean, we, we are, uh, we're American fans. So we, we come from a later and, you know, fresher place yeah. with Spurs. What, what's, what's your, what's your Spurs narrative? How, how did that become part of your life? Right. So basically my dad supports Tottenham um, and he started going to watch Tottenham in the sixties um, my uncles, well, his two brothers, like everyone on my dad's side of the family supports Tottenham. And naturally, when your parent supports a football team, you 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 kind of tend to pick that team. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a time where I it was in my conscience to be like, yeah, they play in white. I love that kit. I'm gonna go and support Tottenham. Mm-hmm. It was just Tottenham that was it that that's all I ever knew growing up there was no decision for me my parents split up when I was about five or six so the one thing that my dad and I have is going to the football together Mm. and he used to take me to all the home games in the the 90s when Tottenham were absolutely dog shit they were they were awful we'd be playing against teams like Sheffield Wednesday and we'd be down like three nil at half time. And I'd be looking at my dad's like when I was like 12, 13, like what, what the fuck am I doing it? Like we've just traveled for an hour and a half to get here. And the stadium is like, I mean, it's, it's not full. There's a, there's a lot of the, the crowd in patches missing and stuff. We're getting done by Sheffield Wednesday. And I just, throughout all those times you still go and support your team and it's it's that time that I have away with with my old man really that that I absolutely love and now I'm 40 my dad is 71 we've had our season tickets for I think this is our 18th year (laughs) um we sit next to each other and our day kind of goes we meet up with each other at seven sisters we walk down the high road just taking in the the atmosphere really we go to a greasy spoon calf mm-hmm. um and we get our english fry up and then we'll kind of uh have a little stroll down further down the um the high road and then i'll go and meet the rest of the fighting cock boys and we'll go for a beer and my dad will go and meet um his brother because my uncle because he's uh, also season ticket holder and then we'll meet up in the ground um and then yeah, and just enjoy the game together, really. So it's my my I, I've got two two young girls and they support Tottenham. 
And for me, it was never a, a thing of I'm gonna bestow this fucking football team on you. Mm-hmm. It was like you do, you girls do what you want to do. If you're into football, that's cool. If you want to support Tottenham, that's cool. But again, it's just they see their dad shouting at the telly. They know their dad is out on a Saturday most of the day. They know their dad goes with Granddad Dennis, and he they've gone to the football. So it's just. It's not a kind of a directive where they've thought I'm gonna, you know, I, I Gareth Bale, he's a great player. I'm gonna follow him. It's just mm-hmm. in your blood, really, and there is no bloody escape. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, do you, with with your two girls, uh, do you see the day where you replicate your experience with your dad with them? Like, what's that look like as they get older? Yeah, totally. So when my dad um, hasn't been able to make the game. Um, I've taken my daughters and it was kind of um, my dad took me to my first game when I was five years old and Tottenham were playing Arsenal in a friendly in something called the Mitre Cup. And it was at um, Wembley. We lost three nil. There were no tickets in the Tottenham end. So we went in the Arsenal end and I was was a young kid and I had this Tottenham flag with me. (laughs) Um, I remember my dad cupping his hands over my ears because it was so loud and I was crying. Um, I remember um, Tottenham fans jumping over this cage and fighting with the Arsenal fans and then obviously us losing 3-0. So I thought, why don't I do that for my daughters? Um, <laughs> so when they were five, it's their, you know, their birthright that I get to take them when they were five. So I took my my eldest to um, the old stadium and it was Tottenham Leicester. We, we drew 1-1. And then uh, my youngest, I took her to a game in the new stadium and I think we beat Bournemouth 3-0 or something like that. Mm. Um, but with the prices, like my season tickets, like a thousand pound, man, if it's fucking well expensive. And I'm at a point in my life where I'm 40, I'm comfortable, but it's veering on the side of this is like really expensive. And I travel an hour and a half each way to get to the ground, beers, food, all of that. Um, So I would love there to to be a day that I I take my girls every single game. They've got season tickets and we do the exact same thing as me and my dad do, but um, it's expensive, man. And I don't foresee me being able to, buy two extra season tickets yeah for sure doing all doing all of that but it's well, hard that's hard to justify to mom isn't it that's yeah, a tough exactly. one to explain well it might be good because it might give her a break for her for, for the day <laughs> while, we're, while we're out um and getting getting tickets together is is uh it's impossible really mm-hmm. i like if if the if we played against i don't know like yesterday sheffield united which is a uh, more of a less fancy team i wouldn't be able to get tickets for my girls sitting next to me where my season ticket is just no chance mm-hmm. so i would have to forfeit my season ticket and buy a ticket somewhere else within the ground so that i could sit with them is there but like yeah. a ticket exchange where if you can't use your tickets you can get that money back through yeah there is yeah, yeah. so um what it used to be quite um a straightforward thing where you do you can't make the game so you list it on the exchange yeah as soon as it goes up, someone buys it and the money goes back into your uh, Tottenham account. Um, but now at the moment, there are um, specific windows. So I think 
uh, our beloved chairman waits until games are fully sold out before you can put your ticket onto the exchange. That's that's whereas, something. <laughs> whereas before, um, they just let you do it anytime, and you could say you could punt your ticket on it like at any time. You didn't have to wait for the stadium to fill out. Um, but then going onto the exchange, you have to be you have to have a, a client's reference number, and there's like some hoops you have to to jump through. But um, yeah, it's still a pain in the ass, man. So a proper feel for anyone that wants to come over and uh, and catch a game because it isn't as simple as rocking up to the stadium, paying your money, and going through the turnstile. It's it's a very um, long process. I can tell you, Ricky, and and and. I feel you guys. I really, really do. And I, I, I feel like uh, what you guys go through or the economic situation that's happening around the world. But I can tell you for a fact that like the same thing happened. I'm, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. My father's a Yankees fan um, in baseball. So to equate that, that's Arsenal Tottenham, basically. The reason oh, I chose shit. Tottenham, the re, yeah, the re, except, except they're not, they're like 200 miles away from each other instead of you know what seven something miles right but, okay. but still it is it is the natural rivalry babe ruth i know you've heard that name probably before yep. was sold from the boston red sox to the yankees <laughs> and then he became babe ruth um but the boston red sox finally after 86 years won a a world title um in 2004 and since then their ticket price their season ticket prices have gone up 175 percent brilliant yeah so <laughs> they they had a, a stretch of 13 to 14 seasons where they sold out every single game that's 162 games a year yeah um, so their season tickets right now the cheapest season ticket farthest away out in center field you can barely see well fenway park you can see pretty much anywhere with if you're outside of the the stanchions where the stanchions are um but the, the furthest seat underneath the scoreboard is $4,100 American per season. Like, wow. And I know you, I know you get more games, but like, yeah. And the NFL is actually more expensive and it's and it's an epidemic that's happening. And I, and I've heard you guys talk about it on your podcast and it's an epidemic that's happening around the world and it, and it really, really sucks. So as American fans, we sit here from the comfort of our, of our living rooms and our, in our pubs and stuff. And, and watch the games and we really do feel for all of you guys out there who are actually paying that extra ticket price to go to go watch your club play um yeah our, it's, own, lo it's... our own local club actually the ticket prices went up 20 bucks and 20 dollars for our local club which is a usl2 it's fourth tier in in the united states we don't have wow. promotion and relegation our season tickets were started off at 55 dollars american the first year this year they went up to 75 if you get them in the pre-sale and that's only eight games. So it is, it's, it's a big deal. And, uh, and, and I, and I've actually been learning through, through uh, your guys, like Flav had on uh, the, the people from the supporters trust and uh, you know, talking about the ticket price and that kind of stuff. And it really educated me a lot. So I, yeah, talked, I had actually talked to Dave about it, you know, having them on. And then like that next week, you know, Flav had them on. It's yeah. crazy, yeah. Crazy. The t ticket prices for uh, for other things as well. Even just going to a concert, like a, a yep. gig now, it's it's the, the money is insane. And I don't know what people feel think that people are earning so that they're able to. <laughs> but the but the end of the day, it's um, you know, 
demand for tickets that right. they sell out and they sell out days on days and people yeah. are buying them and i buy them as well so i'm <laughs> <laughs> i'm absolutely part of the problem but it's a it's a uh it's a sickness that we've all got so you know you're, you're willing to do whatever it takes to feed that sickness right all right yeah, let's bring it into some more fun shit now let's talk football steve yes steve. We, had, we had a match yesterday what, what, we you, what sure did, you did Dave. what did you like uh you know leaving some room for mike and ricky to get after it but what did you see and like uh what did i see and like um I mean, it was positive, right? From the first whistle, it was it was positive play, really going at it. Um, you know, there were probably more moments of like just slow buildup and and patient, methodical play that I probably didn't really need. Um, and I'm sure Ange noticed that as well. He, he's always telling the guys, you know, get on with it, get going, keep going. Um, but by and large, I mean, you're talking the full, what, 112 minutes or whatever it ended up being. Um, they were constantly going for it, constantly pressing, constantly looking for avenues in different options. Um, it it was one of those games that, uh, you know, we were going up against an opponent who's playing very negative, um, you know, not necessarily park the bus style, but like, you know, obviously the time wasting that was a big deal um but they 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 weren't making it easy um and you know it's funny at halftime i was thinking you know this might be a good game for a charleston to come in uh, and just be a different type of center forward to what we would get with sun somebody who can occupy by those defenders and and draw them in and, and maybe open up a few more pockets of space uh, at the top of the box and uh well, we we got Richarlison. We got we got him back. I think that's probably the biggest positive uh, to come from that. Um, you know, well taken header uh, to to equalize for us. Um, you know, the assist wasn't anything spectacular, but it had his name on it, right? Um, and for me, overall, for for all the positive uh, play that we had, the absolute top positive moment for me actually happened after the game. Um, final whistle blue. You saw um, that video of Sonny pushing Richarlison to the front of the line to like lead the celebrations. You know that to me is is just such a feel good moment. It's it's all encompassing. You see every single uh, uh, player on that team, whether they started that game or, or they sat on the bench or they were injured and just happened to be nearby. All of them were rallying behind the team. They were pushing them forward. We were celebrating the successes. We were really getting, uh, uh, you know, that the, the monkey off of Charleston's back uh, and try to show him, like, this is what it's all about. You know, you did this. You helped. Your contribution. I don't know who the hell he's seen as a therapist, but that dude needs to get, like, a fucking bonus from the club or something. I mean, <laughs> holy shit. Like, <laughs> I, I, I saw a tweet yesterday afternoon that said something like, Man, come come off the bench, score, get an assist. Guys will do anything not to go to therapy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's you see, I had hilarious. the opposite thought. I was like, man, you know, whoever he's talked to is like an absolute fucking genius. I mean, uh, <laughs> but but I think you know that that's exactly what it is, right? Like it, it's it's hard for us to sit here and say, oh, he's back. He's going to be doing this week in week out now. It's it's one game, right? Who knows what we're going to see? But the fact that everybody on that team rallied behind him and pushed him forward and, and supported him, like that is such a positive impact. And that's why I think, you know, win or lose, 
I'm perfectly content with, with how this team's performing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not getting that negative game. This is a game where under Conte, under Mourinho, under Nuno, we lose that game. You know, we go behind and everybody shuts down. Game over, no problem. But we fought till the end. We pushed forward. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to save, uh, you know, some of the individuals for, uh, you know, Mike and Ricky to talk about. But as a team, that that's exactly what it is. And it's what I tell, um, you know, my kids uh, when I'm coaching them. This is a team sport. You need to rally behind the players. If they're scoring, great. If they're not scoring, if something's going wrong, lift them up, support them, push them forward. That's what Sonny Madison and um, Ed Romero are doing as captains. And the impact is just immense. You know, I I, I know there's some uh, some of our rivals out there saying, "Oh, you beat Sheffield, like big fucking deal." But it, it honestly it is because that's a game we lose last season, right? We go behind, we don't come back. Oh from that. no, that's the game we lose we the last rally, three, four right? seasons. No question. It's, it's it's the team spirit. It's the positivity. We're moving in the right direction. Um, if we had lost that game, by the way, if it ended up one nothing and and we weren't able to to save the result, I wouldn't have even been upset with the play. You know, we were we were trying, we were pushing. It didn't come off for us. My complaint would have been the ref, who was dog shit, uh, and it probably would have been. I mean, honestly, it was the ref. I can't really blame Sheffield for uh, you know a, a lot of that anti football, but. Uh, it's the ref who let him get away with it. He's the one to blame for the terrible decisions, letting the time wasting go on. Um, and I'm sure, you know, nothing will ever come of that, but uh, yeah, great team performance, beautiful, high, uh, incredibly positive stuff. Love to see it. Ricky, were you, were you in the ground yesterday? I mean, I'm assuming. Uh, it was you were. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what did that all, everything Steve just talked about that we watched from, you know, 3000 miles away or whatever, what did that feel like? Mate, it's it's really hard to, to kind of uh to describe what you're and, and whether you're three thousand miles away or you, you kind of or just watching it on the TV on some strings back in England or wherever you are, it's really hard to kind of um like because we 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 both have markedly different experiences. So being in in the stadium and the ref. Uh, like the ref, I don't think I've ever seen a ref in display so abysmal in years, like in like 10 years or something. It was so bad. And was, a lot of the bad. calls he was making was just, I just couldn't understand it. And I, it felt like there were parts of the game where he didn't understand the game or it, it was just bewildering. But you get that you feel that frustration within the ground. Um, and even though everybody was singing, everyone's getting behind the players, willing the players to go on. It just all adds up with the time wasting, which was, you know, they got their comeuppance at the end of the game for all that. Sure, sure did. Um, <laughs> and the ref as well. And just <clears throat> the way we were, it was frustrating because even though, I thought we played quite well. Um, Sheffield United, they they stuck to their game plan. They were very well organised. They were dogged in their defence. They stayed quite narrow to kind of uh, congest the area. Wherever we were trying to build up play, we were doing it successfully, but they were getting their toe in on it. They were making mm-hmm. the blocks for all the shots and they were kind of getting that rub of the green. So you could really sense... Um, 
it's kind of like um the longer the game went on the more you're like right big Ange, he won manager of the month matters he won player of the month so and here we, here we this, go yeah in the script it's it's like kind of the curse and they'll lose and tottenham's bubble will pop and you can just feel that all these kind of banter football twitter accounts are already there waiting for for us to lose and then you could just feel that um that maybe something was going to happen but that sheffield united were going to score a, you know breakaway goal a penalty something like that and it was just that dread coming up to like the 70th minute and then and then it happened and and everyone was a bit like Wind was taken out of our sails, but but the the fans they were straight on it and um, cheering Tottenham on again, which was great. But the longer the kind of game went on and the closer it got to ninety minutes, I was still thinking, I reckon we can get an equaliser here, and I still felt it because we were still pushing forward, we were still pressing high up the pitch. We were still making chances and then a, a few of the subs came on as well to freshen things up. And I was like, something will happen. I'm sure of it. And it just got longer and longer. And you could just feel kind of like the energy change within the stadium. Um, added to more refing decisions, added to more time wasting. Um, but then when we got that, um, when we get that goal and especially Richarlison scoring, it was um, it was a huge kind of like weight lifted off our shoulders and I guess the mm. players' shoulders as well. Um, and for Richarlison to get it after the week that he's had, it, it it was it was kind of perfect, really. And normally when Richarlison scores, you see him do his uh, bird dance mm-hmm. or, um, you know, scoring at that time. Shirt would have come off, gone into the gone, gone in, uh, celebrated with the fans. But he was quite pumped up and he was like pointing at the ball, get it back. Everyone ran back to the centre circle. And it was just like, you know, we we can actually win this, man. Like, forget yeah. about just getting level. We can win this. Um and then we can't we can't have Mikel Antonio fucking on, <laughs> on the internet making fun of him anymore. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> and then the uh and then the second goal. I mean, what can I say? The the kind of the, the pressure of um and the, and the pressing like Perisic, I think it was I think it was Perisic running down uh, and chasing after the keeper after he passed out. Then Richarlison went to meet his man, mm-hmm. and then Udogi went to meet his man, nicked the ball. I think it went into Huibier, back to Udogi, Richarlison coming to Kulisevsky, and you can all the content that I've just been consuming, like you guys have been doing. Like there's a point, and I also saw it in Kulisevsky's interview where he was so calm, took the player on, mm-hmm. um, and he said, "There's a moment like when the ball leaves your foot and it hits." Yeah, that's a net, fantastic quote. There's there's like a second of uh, silence. He said um, it's like a says, bomb. Like there's like yeah. This, yeah yeah, and it's it's that silence, and he said, "You just you just have never felt so alive." When yeah, you hear yeah. that silence, and then the roar that comes on after, and. Man, I was going mad and just looking at it was like the last days of Rome. People were falling everywhere. You know, it, <laughs> it was just mad. People's glasses are flying off, hats are flying, people jumping, kissing each other. It was like 
it was it was one of the biggest limbs I've ever seen at, at the new stadium, and that's inclusive of the Man City Champions League game. It was just absolutely incredible. Um, Belize was destroying the advertising board. Yeah, yeah, I see, yeah, I, I saw that as well. And what you were saying as well about um, rival fans that are, oh, you only beat Sheffield United, and it's like the last minute and stuff. It's like if any of those teams, like I remember the Gooners last season when they beat Bournemouth, I think it was 3-2. And I think they also had another game. Maybe it was against Palace and they got a late equaliser or something like that. And, and they went as, as equally mad. And and it's a very easy thing to be like, oh, you, you're over-celebrating beating a, a team that's recently won promotion. But when you win it in such a way, um, or when it's like literally the dying embers of a game the last minutes and the game just turns on its head like that is that there is no feeling to describe what goes through your veins at that point it is just it's amazing and you know what that feeling is why i pay that thousand pound and why i keep going back no matter how <laughs> much you get beaten up by uh tottenham and the results and getting up at five in the morning for games whatever it is it's to to feel that when, when when goals like that happen it it was it was just incredible and afterwards like I don't normally stay and as I'm exiting the stadium I'm going through the through the chairs going up towards the uh, the staircase out of the stadium I'm kind of looking back and I'm clapping but I'm more concerned about running to the bar and getting a pint in before everyone else gets there <laughs> <laughs> but like all the fans were just in their seats for 10 minutes after applauding the players. And even I was doing that. Do you really? know what I mean? It, yeah. it was just, and all the fans coming, uh, all the players coming over um, and Ange as well. And the, the celebrations, it was, um, it was phenomenal, really. It was amazing. You, you know, Mike, I, I know we could, we could talk about tactics and game situations all day long, but I'm, I'm, I'm interested in like how this feels to you like what what like what ricky just described uh people hanging out afterwards enjoying the the uh the afterglow if you will right and then yeah. i remember seeing the quotes from from Ange about you know whether it was his job to kind of temper the enthusiasm of the fans he's like hey let them let them love it right let them get excited let them get ahead of themselves like give me your perspective on how this feels right now and is that dangerous is it fantastic like where's where's that that line uh, for me, for, oh, dude, I got to tell you, like, so my uh, Ricky doesn't know this, but some of our some of our listeners know this is that like um, I got into Tottenham Hotspur because of my son. I got into soccer because of my son, mm -hmm. um, football, soccer. Um, and my son was two years old, three, almost, well, nearly three years old when he recognized a name on the back of a jersey during a soccer game, uh, a PSG game. Um, you know, and it's it, my son's name is Lucas, so he recognized the name. Um, we had a kind of already kind of been here and there watching soccer because it was starting to come to America. You know, 2015 was like the the 14 15 season was the year that NBC got the contract over here, and we got Rebecca Lowe and the the two Robbies, and like we actually had some soccer that we could watch and listen to and under and try to understand. I never knew because I was such a so ingrained into like American baseball, American football that I never knew there was this out there. So like 20, 
12, 2013, 14 was when I picked up on it. And Champions League semifinals was, was like the year that I recognized that I had that thing with my son, you know, that we were going to live together with for the rest of our lives when he jumped into my arms after Lucas scored that third goal, you know? So like he literally jumped off the couch into my arms as, as a five-year-old kid. And through the years, he's been like, like last year, you know, at the end of the season, he said, dad, why are we still doing this? <laughs> you know, he's 11 years old now. And, 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 you know, he's fully ingrained in, in, in the culture, in the soccer culture. Now um, it's the only sport he plays. So yesterday, uh, like there's the Leicester city game uh, a couple of years ago, same thing. Um, but like yesterday was a different kind of a situation we were happy to take away that one point, you know, because it wasn't, it didn't mean a loss. It didn't mean Ange having to answer to anybody for anything. Right. Because we love Ange. Like Ange has, has sucked himself into Tottenham and Tottenham has like soaked everything up that, that Ange has given us so far. And we just, we have fallen in love with this guy. And a lot of people think it's too early to fall in love with somebody, but the guy says, not. no, it's not. The guy, the guy says all the right things all the time, right? All the time. I wish he was my dad. <laughs> uh, there's our, our dad. There's our, our episode dad. title. That's our, that's our title right there, Steve. I, I wish, wish Andrew was my dad. dad. Yep. Um, <laughs> we, all, we all wish Andrew was our dad. Like, he is our new dad. Like, dad went out for cigarettes and never came back. Now we, got, now we got this fucking other dude who came in. New dad. We weren't really sure about him at first, but he's a, he's a pretty good fucking dude. Um, so yesterday was like, we were happy to take that away. I, and this is no joke. I went out to crack a beer that early in the morning because I was feeling like shit. And I said, you know what? I need this. It was a long match to watch. Let's see what happens. I go out to crack a beer as I'm coming back with my beer. My son stands up on the couch. He goes, let's go let's go and i was like what and i turned the corner he's like he goes decky baby decky <laughs> and it, and then and then i was like i came around the corner i looked at it, i was like and I, we were cheering and he goes, he looked right at me he goes with the foot did he really that's good yeah that's good <laughs> yeah i always i always harp on my son because he's so fucking he's so right-footed that like when he goes to finish something with it, it should be with his left foot and he chooses to go into his right foot, he either takes one step, one touch too many, you know, and, and, and ends up fluffing it or whatever. But uh, yeah, he told me he's going to, he said, I'm going I'm to try and score my left foot today. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how we felt. The energy in the house was like, almost like that champions league semi, like, you know, not similar, but it's similar, you know, because you have those like you have those awesome fucking moments with your kid. And and I got to tell you, Ricky, uh, my son only li likes to listen to the fighting cock when you're on it. So I really <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, it, it's like our our hidden thing that we have. Like my wife does not listen to this podcast, so uh, or she doesn't my, like to. Mine either. My Ricky, Ricky, does your wife listen to fighting cock? Or does of she course she fucking does. Does she? Why <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so my like so my wife uh, my my son and i uh have our thing where we'll we'll 
be in the car, we'll be in the truck, going to, going to training or going to, you know, going to my daughter's, my daughter's games. And it's like our thing that we have. It's like, if you're in mom's car, you're going to listen to her music and, and stuff, but we're going to listen to this podcast. And, and it's like our thing. And it's like, don't tell mom, I let you listen to this. Cause I'm going to teach you how to properly <laughs> swear. <laughs> That's fantastic. But he yeah. loves it. And, then, and he's like, he, you know, he, he doesn't, he thinks that everybody else sounds the same, but he knows Ricky's voice. So that's, that's what, <laughs> that's you know, funny. <laughs> you, you know, what's funny about the feel, Mike. I was, I was just thinking about it's the this. feel. So, it's that, it's that so, joy that you have. Yeah. Being able to celebrate with your kid. That's what, that was fucking awesome for me. So, so what's even not better. I wouldn't say that my, my kids are out of the house and you know, that is what it is, but the celebrating on your own is also a thing, right? So I'm on a flashback that Lester away match. Uh, was that last year? Was that two years ago? The one where Lucas. It was two um, years ago. That picture yeah. of Lucas at the end. Remember that one? Yeah. Like, so that I, I have when I, when I watch Spurs matches, Ricky, you go to them. So you, you probably have a different perspective, but I have a chair. I always sit in, right. It's, it's a, it's a recliner. I got, you know, everything situated laptops here, phones over here, coaster for the beer, right. It's, it's all good. That match was the first match, whereas that it was winding down. I, I rather than sitting back, I kind of got up on the edge of my seat, right? I, I was just on my knees and I just felt like something was going to happen, you know, and, and it did. And I was able to celebrate alone in that moment. <laughs> well, yesterday's match, you know, we get into we're, we're we're in all that extra time at the end. And I, I just felt like something was going to happen. And I, and I leaned up, you know, onto the edge of my seat, just waiting because, you don't strain your back when you jump up from, you know, that position as opposed to being otherwise. And of course, when all those things go down, I get up and just doing this clapping, just making noise. My wife was out on the front porch. She comes running in like, what is going on? Are, are you okay? I'm like, time wasting extra time, <laughs> right foot. Like I'm trying to explain this to my <laughs> wife who, who tolerates my love for football, but really doesn't understand my love for football. Right. Like, but it's just, it's uh, even those moments when you're alone and not with 60,000 people in the, in the stands, like it's still a, it's, you remember those things, you know what oh, I mean? Like absolutely. that's, a, that's something that, that imprints on your mind. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, I don't know how, do, do you, if I was to say the name Chicago, Dan, I don't know if you guys would, would, would know who that is. So basically. No, but I love you, the, I love the first part of his name. That's right. Fantastic. So yeah. So years ago, I mean, this is like, before the podcast, me and Flav uh, were in the old stadium. We'd had a beer. It was a cup game against maybe Leeds or Cardiff. Can't, can't quite remember. But we, um, as we were coming out of the ground, loads, and I mean loads of fans were fighting, and we were like, fucking hell. We, so <laughs> we were cracking up, and we just ran into the corner pin pub um, to get a beer and just kind of like watch through the windows and say, this is fucking mental. <laughs> Uh, and there's this um, guy that was just like standing there and we, we just thought we'd have a conversation like how's it going and all that like was, uh, we were both like that's, that's an interesting accent you got there and he was like I'm <laughs> American and we we're like yeah we, we guessed that and he's like oh my name's Dan I'm from Chicago um, we're like so what, what the fuck are you doing here and um, he said I, I opted to go to university in London um, went to a, you know a Tottenham game. I think his old boss took him, and he just fell deeply in love with going to the football and going to Tottenham. And he used to go on his own. Uh, he used to follow Tottenham all over the country. Um, 
and now he's and he was on he was on the fighting cock in in the beginning years as well for the first maybe two three years um and he's now back in uh chicago but like you can't tell me that there isn't a guy that feels it exactly the same as i feel it because he's american or he's living in america or someone's living in singapore or someone's living in france and um, they've been to the game they haven't been to the, you know whatever it might be those feelings when your team scores in the 90 plus 12 minutes or whatever like everybody feels exactly the same it's those same emotions um it's just uh, amazing man like like you're saying that you've got your you you've got your chair and you'll be sitting there and when that goal goes in you're going to feel exactly the same way as I feel when that when that goal goes in and yeah I might be with with the fans in the stadium but it's that's it's still that that exact same lightning bolt that goes straight through you that you're just like doesn't matter where you are man doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter where you're from if you're watching that and you're honed in on it you're gonna fucking feel it believe you me that's fantastic. And and Ricky, I might have to ask you offline for Chicago Dan's contact info because I think uh, he needs to he needs to be a guest on Wicked Spursy. It's just because he's a, he, he is yeah. a he's a he's a legend within uh the fighting cock. He actually got we needed a new mic. So this is the early days of the fighting cock. Um we needed a new a new mic. We had no money, we had no nothing. So we thought, here's an idea. Why don't we do uh, a GoFundMe? um like uh, like just raising money and if we meet that money we'll buy the mic but we'll also film chicago dan getting the fighting cock tattoo on oh, no his way. ass cheeks <laughs> so he's got the fighting cock logo on his ass and we've all it's all on youtube all on video it's fucking brilliant outstanding <laughs> outstanding <laughs> Don't give these guys any goddamn ideas because I'll be with a fucking wicked Spursy tattoo on my ass. That's right. Maybe we'll, hey, get, um, maybe we'll get Chicago Dan to get a wicked Spursy one on his ass. <laughs> you know, I, I know how to speak his language, so I think I might. Dave is to, from uh, Chicago. I don't know Rick, yeah. if he told you, but Dave is from Chicago as well. So yeah, might be able to. Uh, nice. Just I can just connect. You know, there's there's a there's a kinship there. Hey, uh, time to, time to pivot. Time for the the mid midpoint. Really important question. Ricky is our guest. I'm wondering if you might be willing to ask the really important question that is on my mind. Are you up for it? Yeah, let's go. Mike. Go, go. What you drinking? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ricky, (laughs) I'm glad you asked that. I I love it when you ask that question. Uh, (laughs) You've asked it the first time, so uh, I'm going to let you know right away. Every time. I'm going to lean over to my son's... uh, you know, that's not Oxford. actually true. Um, there was one time he did not like it when we asked that question, and it was for the uh, colonoscopy beverage. That's that true. I reviewed, I reviewed uh, the colonoscopy <laughs> beverage. Uh, it was a... <laughs> yeah, you know, you know you're know, you 40, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's coming for you. Yeah, you got to get your fucking oh, God, bowels no. checked out, man. Um, oh, I've had it. Believe me, I've had it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not the greatest. Uh, I drink the, the, the full gallon jug of uh, nonsense. Anyway, uh, today is going to be a, a much nicer beer. So I was in uh, New York City a couple of weeks ago with my father going, Ricky, uh, uh, to, to preface this whole thing, I brought my dad. My dad is a Yankees fan. So that would be akin to my, uh, again, my father being an Arsenal fan. And 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 because, you know, the Yankees are fucking front runners. Uh, and, and, and their clubs only fucking great when they're winning championships. Right. 
Otherwise, their fans hate them. <laughs> um, but my dad's a Yankees fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. Um, and it just grew out of the fact that like Boston was closer than New York when I was growing up. And my dad would take me down to the Red Sox games all the time. So I took him down to New York City. And we're in uh, Penn Station at the train station uh, getting ready to come home. I noticed there's a brewery in the goddamn train station, in Penn Station, underneath Madison Square Garden. Nice. And I said, I'm going to go and check this place out. I love craft beer um, from Vermont. Like we are the land of craft beer, especially in the Northeast um, in the United States. So I got this. Uh, Citra is my favorite type of hops. Um, I don't know if you're into hoppy beers, Ricky, but uh, this is this is a Citra double IPA. It's called, uh, you know, and I think it's it's very that the name is uh, goes along with a lot of uh, what what the other fans have been saying about us. Uh, us the going through the season. Or us no, no, us, 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 our Spurs, us, our Spurs. Um, it's called Don't Fool Yourself. It's it's from uh, it's from Three's Brewing. Um, and they're in uh, Clifton, Clifton Park, New York. That's Albany um, area, right? It is the Albany area, but they have like they have a brewery in in the city in uh, in Brooklyn, um, and they kind of uh, they they share some brewing uh, space with uh, a couple of the breweries in Brooklyn. I guess we can't say we can't say the word anymore because uh, they used to call it they used to call it the the Gypsy Brewing, but they don't do that anymore because we can't say the word anymore. But um, this this brewery so far has been like outrageous. I've had a bunch of their beers. This one is called Don't Fool Yourself. It's a Citra Double IPA. Uh, what was it called? I'm I'm gonna punch you in the face if you don't if you don't <laughs> shut up. Uh, it's eight percent alcohol. Now if there's a beer I would drink. I'm gonna punch you in the face. Steve, I, Steve just to, just to give you a warning on this, or I'm sorry, not Steve, Ricky. Uh, so Mike tries it. He rates it on a scale of one to five. Yeah, and uh, and then he comes up with a song that he thinks best exemplifies the beer. So any any feedback you want to offer as this plays out, like have at it. He's he's ready. Right, for okay, it. okay. Um, I've I've heard you guys before, um, and you have already you, you kind of I don't know if you discussed between yourself what points Mike's going to give the beer. So you you always like, oh I was close or yeah Steve and I tend to make predictions so, yeah so okay, if you if you'd like to weigh in if you want if you want a Zoom chat prediction uh, have have right. at it man have okay, at it okay right so uh, they they usually wait until I've had my my face the 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 reaction that's the key the okay. facial reaction then he changes his fucking scale on us and so obviously yeah obviously it looks really fucking that's, that's cloudy you could cloudy. you could you could put your wang in there and you wouldn't even be able to see it. No, please don't. No, please do not do that. Especially mine, like it's fucking that short. It's only sixteen ounces, Dave. <laughs> We're not even gonna over. Hey, that's a pound, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I have it in my favorite, my favorite glass. Uh, this is my Treehouse Brewing glass. This is very cloudy, uh, as opposed to a lot of their other beers that obviously been sent through a bright tank, and all the adjuncts have dropped out of it. But this is obviously cloudy. Um, it smells good right off the top. Lots of citrus, lots of grapefruit, lots of lime. Did you just refer to the yeast and whatnot as adjuncts? Was that the, the term you used? No, the adjuncts are like uh, the different malts and shit that they use. Like the gotcha. yeast, the yeast, uh, the, the yeast isn't what makes it cloudy. It's all the other shit in there. Got it. Got it. Right. Thank you. All right. 
So I'm going to take a sip of this. We'll see what happens. Uh, we had like a two finger soapy head, Dave. We had, we have, oh, see if Lone Freighter's uh, done anything with this, Steve. Sorry, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, when I'm having a beer, the first thing that I want in the front of my mind is this is mm. going to be soapy. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, straight off the top. Pause. Got... We're under four. What? We're under four. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. No, straight off the top, this beer uh, has got like lots of times you get these cloudy ass fucking IPAs and they're super, super thick and heavy. They don't have that fizz that you want with a beer to, to know that you're drinking like a beer. And not um, just hop juice. And not just hop juice. Yeah. This beer so far is outrageous. Um, oh. Outrageous. And I'm talking alchemist outrageous. Um, Ooh, okay. Change the rating. I've, I've not, I've, I've, of the three other beers that I've had of theirs, I have not had a bad one yet. Uh, these guys do it right. IPAs are typically very simple to make. But in order to have like an outstanding IPA, it has to be perfectly done. And citrus is a perfect hop to get that to get that done. And this is a single hop, double IPA, and that's very hard to do. You're using bittering hops, and you're using your taste hops, like they all taste the together, same to me. Together, and you're using one single hop. Usually, you need two hops to do that. Two hops this time. Two hops this time. <laughs> boom, boom. All right, assholes. Um, so I'm gonna get right to it. Are you guys? Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Let's hear it. We're in complete alignment too. Uh, uh, yeah. And actually, Rick, Ricky weighed in as well, Steve. But I'm not gonna tell you what Ricky said. All right, four point two. Oh, oh shit, boy! Ricky got it. Yes. <laughs> Let's fucking go. That's what we are talking about. <laughs> this beer, is, this beer is so fucking good. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, right out this beer, gates. this beer is, this beer is rock and roll. It is like, no, this beer is not even rock and roll. This beer is heavy metal. And and my my attitude this weekend has helped this help this writing along. And 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 it's and this beer is making me super happy going into my uh washington commanders game this afternoon so wow i love this beer uh ricky well done well done nice man. nice yeah. i know i was quite impressed i was i was kind of like it was yeah it was like yesterday when uh when we were still one nil down and for some reason i don't i you know i'm I'm not a religious guy but as i was looking to the heavens and i could see the gold cockerel on top of our stadium <laughs> and i was like please man just just fucking help me here come on man there we just are willing and then as as mike was about to read it out i was like come on just just 4.2 it'd be funny come on 4.2 we did yes. not yeah get in there we did not even, we did not plan this, folks. What this a way to end the weekend. Well done. Baby. Well done. <laughs> no shit. Uh, Mike, how about your song, buddy? Now, now, keep in mind, this needs to be a song that, you know, Steve and I struggle with your songs often. So Ricky has to know where you're coming from here as well. Don't, nothing obscure here. It's got to be, nothing it's got to be, obscure. you know, something well, we can all connect heavy to. heavy metal, right? So Dude. that's, that's kind of the mindset that I'm thinking. So, so I'm thinking like po guess... Poison or Def Leppard? Uh, I just, like I just cornered Billy myself Joel, there. obviously. Now, I had, I had something else in mind, but now I, I've cornered myself. Uh, you want you want to go fucking heavy metal? Yes, I do. This beer for Maybe. me is evolutionary, man. Uh, I love it. Um, I'm gonna go. Tool forty six and two. 
still out, out still outside of my discog yeah, what's the word discography, discography. yeah you're not still, a tool fan no i mean you're a tool i'm not a tool but <laughs> you a fan of mike that's what we're asking this, i love this I it's okay right so listen listen to that song all right um listen to that song it is it's from their i, I believe it's from undertow like 1996 it is like height of like music coming back to us giving getting back to like human beings not these fucking bands like poison and def leopard and great for what those bands have done but you know music 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 and hard rock was given back to us in 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 like 92 through 97 and uh and and tool is one of those bands that was there for me to to do that Uh, also you know i'm i'm a dirty fucking hippie so i love the grateful dead and fish but uh Tool and Tool and Primus are the bands that gave rock and roll back to me. So, you know, you know, Mike, uh, just on the music tip, really quickly before we get back to the football, um, I was in the car with my wife yesterday, and we were listening to the Sirius XM channel, and it was like, you know, pop rocks. It was it was popish alternative rock songs from the early '90s, basically, is what it was. And I was trying to explain to Beth how you know I, I went away to to college, university in 1992, just to give you the give you the context there um old as fuck old yeah ricky 40 49 i'm the i'm the old man in this conversation here um, i was two years old then were you you're lying i was two years old when you went to college <laughs> wow um but i was trying to explain to beth how like the early 90s were like the 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 ideal of all of these different genres of music kind of emerging and, and blowing up. So like you had that alternative vibe occurring, you had grunge occurring, hip hop was in its own like unique phase of its evolution. You know, they had started when I was a kid, but, but was growing. And, uh, and, and you were on the heels of all the, the things that happened in the eighties. Like I want to argue the early nineties might've been the sweet spot of emerging music. So when you point to that, yeah, I'm, man. I'm good with it. I'm okay with it. All Hi, right, Greg. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, so around uh, maybe 93, 94, uh, when I was at school, secondary school, I think I was probably around 12 or 13 or something like that. um, Everybody was talking about this band Oasis and the album definitely maybe. And I didn't really know. I think I think I'd listened to a single, but everyone else in school was going out and buying the album. So I thought I I I would do that too because I want to be with the cool kids. <laughs> so that was that was the first album I bought, and I just played it and played it and played it, and that's where um the my kind of my genre of music was born. Um, so I just listened to Oasis, Blur, and it it was absolutely oh. massive within uh, the UK at the time. The two bands yeah. competing. Um, and that's what allowed me to kind of look back and see what their influences. I, I didn't even, I didn't really know who the who were. And mm-hmm. then going back and then going back further, finding Rolling Stones and finding other bands as well. It's just, um, so that's where exactly early nineties, where it all started for me and where nice. I, I would, I was living in that period and that was the greatest music period for myself. Then it's, it also kind of allowed me to discover music that had gone before me. So nice, yeah, very nice, very totally nice. Right, glad, so, I'm so glad you mentioned Blur because like song two is like, I love it. I went to see I, them in July at Wembley. It oh shit! Fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice. It was amazing. All right, let, me, let's st- let's stay with the music thing for a moment, Steve. I might exclude you with this, but the the other half of that conversation Sad with my wife was, yeah. <laughs> so I I asked I asked my wife. I said, tell me the first cassette 
and CD player that or CD that you purchased, if you were if you recall. So that's the question, gentlemen. Now, Steve, I realize cassettes they were this thing that you're not very familiar with, but it was a way I, to listen to music. I, you know, I had cassettes when I was a kid. Right. So, so Ricky, let's face. start with you. Do you recall the first cassette you either bought or acquired, and the first CD you bought or acquired? First CD was uh, Oasis, definitely, maybe. Um, first tape, I let me think. Let me think. I can't actually remember going out and buying a tape. Or I, I, I always remember sitting in the back of my mum's car and her putting Fleetwood Mac on. Really, and uh, that, and I just I remember that tape. Nice. I also remember as well she used to play a lot of Chris Rea, but um. <laughs> Yeah, very nice. So I'll stick with Fleetwood Mac. That, All right, that, that's a good one. That, yeah, that'd be my one, definitely. Mike, how about you? First cassette tape, first, first CD. cassette tape, a hundred percent, because I was terrified of them as a young child, but grew to love them uh, as a as a fifth and sixth grader. So, you know, around 12, first cassette tape that I ever bought was kiss uh destroyer nice huge kiss fan i'm going to see uh i'm going to see ace freely in march uh but uh huge kiss fan but the other thing i i bought i remember this day because my mother had to come with me i bought the beastie boys uh license to ill on the nice. same day very nice on the very same nice. day so i bought those two tapes i i saved up my allowance it was uh, it was nine dollars. I remember it was nine dollars. I had ten because I spent Thanks. the other. I spent the other. I spent the other dollar at the arcade at the Dream Machine arcade. Very nice, very nice. And Steve, my, first CD, my oh, first CD, my first CD though, my first CD, no joke, was uh, Best of the Violent Femmes. Ooh, that's a that's a great album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like perfect. Gone Daddy Gone is like one of my favorite yeah. songs of all time. Very good, Steve. Cassette and CD, if you can do it. So I've never purchased a cassette. Understood. Uh, this is, but, what a great fucking podcast. But All I will them. say, I, I do remember the first uh, cassette that I really got excited for as a kid in the car. Remember, I would have been like single digit years old. Um, but the first one I could remember, you know, my dad had in the car and I would be eager to listen to it was uh, They Might Be Giants Flood. Ooh, also a very good oh. one. Yeah. Yep. That's the solid. first CD that. that I ever bought with my own money as a 14 year old who was working as a cashier at a grocery store uh, was Green Day's American Idiot. Okay. Very nice. Nice. Right. Yep. Yep. We we see. I'll we give see you your day. age. Yep. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm very I'm very proud of my first cassette purchase and very embarrassed <laughs> of my first CD purchase. Uh, first cassette was the Michael Jackson Thriller album in 1983. Oof, and nice. uh first cassette was was skid row and i forget the name of it but it, oh. it might have been called skid row actually it was uh, but yeah it was that was that first album was like 18 in life on shameful it. shameful purchase yeah i uh i detasseled corn well. ricky i have no idea if you know what detasseling corn is but it's like this weird uh rural american thing where you walk down the aisles of a cornfield plucking the tassels from the top it's 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 brutal and they they pay like 13 and 14 year olds nothing to do it because nobody else will do it that's kind of how how it works but i what's it called detasseling uh taking the tassels from the corn it has to do with like the uh 
the uh, fertilization of the different types of corn and where it all Shit, goes. Man. Yeah, yeah we, we don't have that over It's crazy. <laughs> but I, I, I earned money first to buy a CD player because you remember when we would build our stereos like by component, you know, you didn't, you yeah. didn't, it wasn't about a boombox. It's like, I got a receiver, I got a CD player, I got a tape deck, you know, I got these big speakers on the side. Fucking that, Harman Kardon speakers. I will shake the neighbor's house with these speakers, you know, that was the, and I had a, I had a speaker in the backseat of my car as well. Like I had a house speaker in the back. But yeah, I, I bought a bad heavy, bad metal, bad hair metal phase, bought Skid Row, pretty, uh, pretty shameful nice excellent yeah. uh update update on uh update on far post sc versus queen city sc lucas popovich has scored nice uh it's now uh two one which far post yeah. <laughs> uh, amy said amy said uh top of the box that's top not a foot. box near post neither of those are feet all right more i, I info, just, I just more info needed I, I just asked her if it was on the ground or in the air, but like he said, he can curl the ball. He told me the other day, and I said, "You're a liar." We'll find <laughs> out <laughs> soon enough. Show the video. He's, he's a center. He's a center forward. He's a center forward, Ricky. So he's he's he was an out wide, like right wing. They play like a Dutch type system, so it's like lots of triangles playing out from the back, that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, my son is fast as fuck. And I don't know where it comes from because I'm slow as shit. <laughs> but that kid, that that kid, like his first three years in club, club and academy ball, like was just like boom, straight down the straight down the side. He'd beat anybody. Nice. Yeah, the the kid, the kid would just stop the ball and then just pop it past a defender and blow past them, catch up with the <laughs> ball and then cross it in. And now he's like up front, and uh, and and. Uh, He's trying to play into his new role because he he's uh, a kid who likes to track back and defend, and uh, he, he's not a very patient kid. So he's learning how to make runs and that kind of stuff. The last two years have been rough for him. He's scoring goals now again, so which is great. So he just scored from the top of the box, and and which is great also because he's not used to uh, not taking it directly into the goal and scoring, and now he's shooting from the outside. So that's good. A goal is always good. A goal is always good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. They're, so they're they're actually they're actually down. <laughs> they're actually down two to one. So he all right, we'll see what happens. Second half. Hey, let's talk about uh playing some scumbags next weekend. How do you guys feel about that? Oh, those guys. Yeah, there's those guys. Uh so, <laughs> Ricky, so Rick, I know you guys call them them lot, but like we call them those yeah, guys. Those guys. And Ricky, to give you some some context, Mike and I get to meet up in Boston next weekend. Uh, we're going to his baseball team is the the Boston Red Sox. Mine's the Chicago White Sox. They are playing each other next weekend. So we are going to games on t- on Saturday and Sunday. And the beauty is Sunday morning here, uh, we're going to get to go to a a pub in Boston where the Boston Spurs group gathers and nice. watch the ma- watch the match before we go to the baseball game. So it's they a, packed it's in a, they packed in like two hundred people into their pub yeah. for. Uh, it's a sporting game for sporting extravaganza for Mike and I next weekend. And but what is what does next weekend look like for you with uh with the derby coming up? How does that how's it play? I out? just I just thought I'd, I'd quickly interject here that that I am also a White Sox fan. No, well. yeah. Well, <laughs> Chicago Dan made me pick the White Sox. Beautiful. And, uh, and uh, is it the is it the the, the rivals? Is it the Cubs? Well, they are they are he, local he just, rivals, but they he they was just, just like never ever yeah. never no. watched them 
take take their uh, name out of your mouth. R- Ricky, put it this way: yeah. if you if you said to me, Dave, um, my daughter's beautiful and I'd like her to marry your son, and you said she's a Cubs fan, I'd say no deal. Like okay. it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of that simple, right? Like, right. Okay. No deal. No deal. Yeah. I get, yeah, I get that. Yeah, and uh, apparently I'm also a, a Chicago Bears fan. I'm I'm Chicago everything, really. So that was... I'm there, about... there, yeah. Ricky! <laughs> there you go, there you go. They are apparently my teams. Beautiful. Um, well, basically, for the next week, I will be shitting myself. It will be... Um, it's horrible, really. It it never gets easier. Um, and it's weird. It's a weird time at the moment. Not weird, but um, Tottenham are playing great attacking football. The, the just general vibe of being a Tottenham fan is it's like a massive cloud is lifted. The weight's off our shoulders. We're actually enjoying and looking forward to going to games, to watching games. Um at the moment, we have a manager that we are head over heels in love with. We've got um, with with Kane going and Son coming in. This captain Marvel that we just absolutely adore. These young players that we've got coming through and that we've brought in, they're just really exciting and they're growing from game to game. The 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 late winner and the, and the good feels from that against Sheffield United it just everything just feels too good you know where it's like mm. you're looking around it's like why isn't anything wrong like you know that this something needs to be out of place but Look, looking over the shoulder game, right yeah, like we're, we're, yeah exactly so we're going into this game where I feel good and that doesn't really feel good mm-hmm. <laughs> feeling good doesn't feel good but um it's gonna be Taking all that away, we never do well at the Emirates. We never, ever do well there. And if it isn't for someone being sent off early doors, Lloris throwing the ball in his own net, someone making <laughs> some stupid error um, and us thinking if we if we hadn't done that, then maybe we, we, we would have given them a game. This time, I am feeling hopeful that we will give them a game. Um it doesn't look like that we have um, any injuries at the moment. And again, with um, our players, um, Madison, he's just in, in great form. Basuma is looking amazing. Udogi, you know, the, the list goes on. Uh, Vicario, he, he, his confidence looks like, again, from, from game to game, that you're seeing less nerves from him. But then that save, save off his foot was outrageous. Yeah, it was. It was great. <laughs> It was great, and it was it's such a a great chance for Sheffield United, and yeah, and just just the way he got his uh, foot down to it really really yeah. quickly. Um, it's that it's kind of I, I am I'm feeling I'm feeling positive. I'm not filled with utter dread, but come next Sunday, I will be filled with utter dread, and I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. on a I'm on a stag do next Saturday, um, <laughs> and I'm um I'll, yeah I'm on a stag do next Saturday. And two of the lads that I'm going with are my like childhood best mates mm. and uh, both Gooners. One's a season ticket holder um, and the other, you know, they're both um, diehard Gooners. But 
they're not like rank gooners whereby in the WhatsApp group, all <laughs> it is is all day sledging of each other, Tottenham Arsenal. There's a thing that we're mates, we've been mates for, since we were five years old. We kind of leave football off the table. There'll be a few little like snippy comments here and there, just to, you know, uh, like a reducer tackle, just to let them know that you're there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but um, we we won't really go into it going back and forth because it's just it just gets it gets boring and not only does it get boring but you just kind of like you don't want to you don't not you don't want to upset your mates but it's just yeah I'll go and support Tottenham sitting over there you go and support Arsenal sitting over there mm. whatever the result you come back into the WhatsApp group. And you just post a couple of emojis just to let them know, eat fucking shit. <laughs> all I will say. And then you leave, then you kind of leave it at that. Um, and there will be kind of like, you know, the grinning emoji and stuff like that. But because I'm on this stag do and it's quite away from where I live, maybe like three and a half hours, I don't know whether to stay down where I am and watch it with them too. And I I never normally watch a game with them too. And mm. they always say, uh, why don't we meet up at the local boozer where we live and watch it? And I'm like, fuck no. You really <laughs> like going to a pub full of like gooners and then them celebrating. Right. No. Ricky, no, I tried that last no. year. I tried no. that last year the Emer- for the Emerson game when he when he got this his red. Yeah. I tried it. I tried it with some friends. Uh, I, I have another podcast for our local club um, that we do. And my co-host is a fucking diehard gooner. And Dave met him a couple of weeks ago. And Dave uh, straight up uh, appropriated British terminology and said, he's a fucking wanker. Um, <laughs> that I did. I did. <laughs> don't don't come is. at me with that goomer cr- yeah. gooner crap. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't need you that. sat there. He sat there and watched our goddamn podcast live, like in a, in my, in my house. And, uh, it, and, uh, so I, I did that last year and it, you know, it's, we're Americans. So we're able to be civil to each other. <laughs> well, slightly, but like, that's who, those motherfuckers like there was like seven of them in the pub and i wanted to i wanted to beat the shit out of every single one of them because of like oh did you see what emerson should did just did they should be he should be uh sent off and 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 given a five game ban you know it's like oh they're so disgusting and it's like those fucking guys are so we're so in their heads and they have no reason to hate us but like the cockerel pisses them off so much and it's more than that stupid fucking cannon pisses me off but but mike you know? the invincibles the invincibles yeah they they'll fucking <laughs> lean on that shit just they'll like the, on... the the burgeoning era of music it was also the they hate they hate of, when terry Henry isn't isn't like in a top 10 in a fucking list right. they fucking hate it <laughs> they hate it and it just uh uh and uh <laughs> i you know the the thing is is that I feel the same way about like Yankee fans that I feel about Arsenal fans. And it's like, stop and Dallas Cowboy fans. Stop being a fucking front runner. Like you picked your team because they were fucking great. We picked our team because either our parents picked our team for us or, or you had some, like as an American, you had some feeling. Yeah. There was a feeling there. Mm-hmm. And my first, my first, um, real taste of Tottenham was Harry Kane's curler who 
HK10, they call him. I'm, I'm not familiar with this person. He's a Byron, he's a Byron player. <laughs> oh, he's a he plays for Byron. Okay. He's a Byron player. So I shouldn't care about that person. Is what you're him, him, and, him and Sané are going to go, going to go win the Consolation Cup. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, so the 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 North London Derby, uh, like Curler, was my first introduction to like what being a Spurs fan felt like, and it felt to me at the time what like my childhood felt like as a Boston Red Sox fan when David Ortiz hit the home run off off of the Yankees to keep us alive in, in that ALCS, right? You're using words Ricky doesn't understand here, Mike. Just Ricky, just Ricky, uh, David Ortiz was, uh, was and is the talisman of, of the Boston Red Sox. And in 2003, the Red Sox had lost the Yankees to go to the World Series uh, on the very last pitch of the game. Oh, it, shit. Some motherfuckers who, who never hit home runs, who's now the Yankees manager, hit a home run. So in 2004... The Red Sox came back, tooled up, and said, "Let's fucking do this." They were, they played Moneyball. I know you've probably heard that. I have, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the Boston Red Sox are the the 2004 are the um, like they are what Moneyball was supposed to be. A bunch of no names who just got on base. But Ricky, take a guess who won the World Series a year later in 2005. It was the Chicago White Sox. So the Chicago um, White Sox. Yeah. So the Red Sox, the Red Sox came along and <laughs> won the World Series, and they fucking beat they beat the Yankees in the in the or in the in the league championship to go up against the National League uh, champions, who were the the St. Louis Cardinals, and the World Series is actually won against the Yankees because who fucking cares after you beat the Yankees in, in the ALCS, they were down three zero in a seven game series. Like one more game. We were going home. Kevin Millar said, don't let us win tonight. Don't let us win tonight. Because if we win tonight, it's over. So, so Ricky, won tonight in extra innings, won that night in extra innings. And then, and then went on to win the entire series and win the world series. Didn't lose it. They won seven games in a row. And won our world series for us and won our world championship for us 86 yeah. years man 86 ricky, ricky i uh I, i'm having this flashback when that's baseball baby flav flav joined us on this pod it, it was probably a year plus ago maybe he talked about sharks a lot he talked he about, talked about he was obsessed with sharks but he also commented to us he's like i do you, you know what sorry go on go on yeah no no go ahead go ahead i'll, I'll finish <laughs> no I, I wasn't going to mention this but you guys where you live like, is there is there like a beach near you? Are you quite close to to the coast? Because on a few that hours, east, you can be there in a few that, hours. That, that east coast side, you you yeah. do get a lot of great white sharks there, don't you? <laughs> Mate, I fucking I uh, I love great white sharks. Me and Flav, we just like <laughs> Tottenham and great white sharks. It's he was he was obsessed mad. with sharks. Yeah, I lived, I lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, nice. which is right right on the coast. Yeah, right on the coast. So we were like wedged in between like Massachusetts and Maine, but and that's where all the great whites are. But Ricky, we, I remember when, when Flav was on, he said, you, you boys really like your beer, don't you? You know, cause we just spent a lot of time talking about that. So I can imagine Ricky, when this is done, Ricky's going to say, you boys really like your baseball, don't you? He's, he's going to have that, <laughs> that, that, that comment to that effect. So this is, this is why I'm a Tottenham fan is because I get the same, the same feels from Tottenham that I got from that, that Oh four and Oh three. I feel like the Oh three team was better in Red Sox, but I get that same feels. And that's why I'm a Tottenham fan versus being an Arsenal fan or being a 
I'm a Washington football fan, which, which is different than being a Cowboys fan. It's like, it feels like Arsenal fans are just a bunch of fucking front runners who just have no feeling. And, and, and they only like their team because of those stupid fucking shirts with the white fucking sleeves on them. (laughs) Hey, Steve, what, Steve, what are you thinking as you uh, look ahead to the match this weekend? I'm thinking that sorry, next weekend, not this weekend. I'm trying I'm to I'm trying not to think about it because I want to throw up every time I think about the game, but no, I just think we're in their heads way more than they're in mine. I mean, look, it's it's an away game for us. I, I you know, as we've we've already discussed, it's not like we have the best of luck at the Emirates anyway. Um, so my expectations going into it are, you know, if we play a good game, I'm fine with it, right? Like win, lose, draw as long as we go in there with intention and we're not playing some of the abysmally boring sleep inducing, uh, you know, stuff that we've seen over the last few years, I'm kind of okay with whatever happens. Right. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm making myself sick thinking about, you know, Oh, maybe this is going to be our year to get the win there. Maybe this is our year to show it. As long as we play well, I'm okay. Regardless. Right. They're going to, you know, if if they get the result, if they get any result, whether it's a point or, or all three, they're going to be insufferable douchebags. Like, you know, if they lose, they're going to be insufferable douchebags. I'm not going to worry about, you know, what they're going to feel like, what their reaction is going to be. I'm just looking to our team to play well and and to make it a challenge, right? As long as I get that, I'll be happy. I think I'm with you there. Like I I'd love to hope for a win and, and, and bank on a win, but I, I just want a good showing, you know, and I want a, a showing that nobody can dispute. That, yeah, that's look, that's I mean, really what I look for. I'll be celebrating three points. If, if we get it, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, completely numb to the facts that a win there would be massive. Um, but my expectations going into it is it's going to be a tough game. We're probably not getting the three points. And if we do, I'll be fucking ecstatic. If we don't, I'm not going to let them, you know, get under my skin about it because it's a, you know, that's just the way that it's been, right? Oh, we, we oh, oh, the performances at the Emirates just aren't that great. You know, we haven't gotten the results points. there. Fine, those points. Fine, getting, you know, whatever, dude. Like, I, I still think with the way that the squads are set up, with the way that the coaches are, I do think we finish the season above them. Um, but you know, six games into it, I'm not going to lose sleep over what happens, uh, away from home at our shitty rivals, shitty stadium. Um, as long as we play well. Now, if we go there and we play like ass, I'll be pissed, but, uh, (laughs) I, I don't think that, uh, you know, with, with what I've seen from Ange, with the way that he sets things up, with the way the team performs, I I think we're going to take it to them. We're going to make it challenging. Hopefully we get the results, but yeah, you know, it's, it is what it is at this point. Very good. Well put, Steve. Hey, gentlemen, let's let's pivot to closing thoughts. We are uh, approaching our uh, wrap-up hour. So uh, Mike, then Steve, then Ricky gets to finish us off. Mike, what are your uh, closing thoughts? What are you thinking? <laughs> so, guys, uh, my closing thoughts are these. Uh, we have two games coming up that are absolutely going to tell the tale for what the rest of the season can look like. And, and I'm, I'm going to kind of throw it onto, onto Ricky's shoulders here because like his podcast says, can we, can mm-hmm. we? They keep asking. Um, <laughs> dude, Nothing else. We, Don't talk we, about it any further. Just ask. If we, take, <laughs> if we take, if we take 
three to four points out of these next two games. We have to, I feel like we have to at least win one. You're right. Um, I think if we take three to six points out of these next, the answer is yes, we can. Uh, To quote, to quote one of our uh, great presidents. um, We can, if, if we take, if we take six points out of these next two games, the thing is, and just and just teaching us one game at a time, mate, right? So one game at a time. We win this game, and I and I think we can win. I think we can win. And I think this game that we just played, where it was knocked down, drag out, like Sheffield did not come out and play the game that they normally play. They did sit back a lot on defense. They try to counter on us. They have some speedy guys. They don't have the speedy guys that Arsenal has, but Arsenal also doesn't play the same type of game. Arsenal plays a fucking wide open game. They play a very similar game to what City will play. They have guys who will... The, the thing about, about City and Arsenal and Pep and, and uh, fucking Eddie Munster do is that, is that their, their midfielders sit there and they, they wait for the fucking ball to come to them. Their midfielders aren't active like ours are. Their midfielders aren't fucking center backs or left backs or right backs. Like the, the, they try to employ the, the inverted fullback, but the, like the, the, the thing is, is that they don't do that thing where guys are constantly moving around. We're like a bunch of sharks in a fucking shark tank right now. And we fucking move around. We're all over the place. And I think that's going to be the tail of the tape coming up, coming up in this game. And I think I really have a feeling that we can beat them. We can beat them. And if we beat them, then that answers the fucking question for the fighting cock, which is, yeah, we can. All right. You heard that. You heard that from Mike, Steve. How about you? What are your closing thoughts? Uh, My closing thoughts is just another lovely PSA that I feel like I'm, I'm, we keep having to make these, over and over again and it's really depressing but uh i i didn't think i needed to say it but here i am uh if you're a spurs fan listening to this and you're sending uh racist bullshit abuse at west fodderingham fuck off like just stop that shit like this is just embarrassing um i i can't believe that you know, it's it's 2023. We won a fucking game, and we still have fucking douchebag fans, air quotes, uh, who insist on on abusing rival players. You know, it's the same group of people who's like, oh, we're you know, Sonny's getting racist abuse. Davidson Sanchez was getting racist abuse. Stop that! It's like, yeah, it, it sucks, but it doesn't stop at Spurs, right? Like, you can't do the same thing to other players and other people, really. Just quit being fucking racist assholes, all right? Let people be. You know, if you want to have some banter because he had, you know, the time wasting, leave it at that, all right? Like, but but I'm sick of seeing this racist shit, and I hope that if they catch whoever's sending him these fucking messages, that they do get the stadium bans and, and they don't get to sure. uh, 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 go watch Spurs anymore. Like, fuck I can, you for uh, that. I can tell you why I don't like that dude, because he cost me my DraftKings. Yeah, but you're not going to go and, and and you know be a racist about it. No, because just... he had goddamn because he had goddamn eight saves in the first fucking half. Yeah, that's, that's why I don't all. like that dude. 
That's all. You know, banter's <laughs> banter, but being a Mike, douchebag Mike is a completely it real. different fucking thing. Like, just just cut that shit out. I'm sick of seeing. No, it. it's it's disgusting. It's disgusting. We talked about it with with Saka, with Rashford. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. In, you know, in this league, whether you're a rival of the team that we love, or whether you're whether you're a just a, a, a you know a a bit part player, that shit does not fucking fly. It doesn't fly Absolutely. with me. It doesn't fly with the with the majority of our fan base. There are there are always going to be a few chirpers out there who are dickheads. And you know what, Steve? I'm fucking 100 on board with you. But you know, Mike, you you mentioned somebody who's probably going to be receiving that next week, Saka, right? Like, yes, it's a fucking derby game coming up. Yes, it's going to be heated. Yes, the game's going to be close. Just right now, I'm telling you guys, don't be a fucking racist prick about it. All right, mm-hmm. like just stop he's a rival player you know you want to banter him banter him but just leave it at that right game ends fucking just walk away from it it's like i said you know i'm not letting them get under my skin really you shouldn't let it bother you that much that you have to be a racist prick about it that's i'll I'll leave it at that let's keep the racism away from the football and just fucking move on with it well put, Steve. Well put. Ricky, I'm coming to you, but I want to throw in a couple of closing thoughts first so you can have the, the final word if that's okay. Yeah, guy um, for it. Here are my thoughts. Um, Mike, I, I understand and agree with you on the importance of the next the next match and the next couple matches. But I also am just of the feeling of, man, it's early. It's September. You know, never never in May have we looked back and gone, yeah, that the league was won or lost in September. And um I think I think these matches are important for the continued progression of the culture that Ange is building. I think the the vibe around the club is is, is excited, but we'd all be crazy to think that it's always going to be on an upward trajectory and we won't have a couple setbacks here and there. Um, and and those will come. I can think back a few years ago. I think even in the Mourinho era, I can still envision there was a moment on Christmas where we were like top of the table or top top two, and then and like, that was Christmas, you know and and uh things change so i I just want to encourage our our fandom like where's christmas in my life (laughs) there there you go it's still early right and and all the amazing things we've seen so far and and the the great vibe we've seen so far is good and positive and building and i believe it'll continue to build but i also believe dropping points next weekend or you know even a few points here and there across the the next weeks and months is not the end of the world there's a lot of season ahead of us a lot of matches yeah even the miami dolphins make the playoffs there you go you got it Ricky, over to you. Closing thoughts. What do you got, sir? Mine are very similar to yours, mate. So it was it was just about really what we've seen so far. We can already see the way and how we're trying to play under uh, Ange, and it's already taking shape, and you can see that, and especially with the, the second goal we scored where we were pressing high up the pitch, won the ball back, um, and we were very quick interchanging passes, Kulisewski took it on, took the shot, and we win the game. So all these things are starting to click into place. Postacoglu, he's just one manager of the month. Matters, player of the month. Beating United, there's such a real good feel factor back at Tottenham. Now, this game next weekend against the Gooners, even if we, you know, we did lose the game, Ange has already said there's going to be bumps in the road. Do, do not let this detract from how you're feeling at the moment. You, you need to bottle this up. You need to keep it close to you. 
and not get kind of sidetracked by by the derby. We are so early into this project. I think even Ange was saying that there's like one, he's still looking at one to two uh, transfer windows to finally be like, I'm, I'm happy w- with what I've got now. Like, this is where I want to be. And we're only like five games into the season of, of his tenure. So let's just kind of try and keep a bit of perspective and like he was saying about, um, is it my job to kind of uh, to manage how uh, our, our fans' expectation? No, let them dream. Let them go to bed at night thinking, can we? Mm-hmm. Can we? Can we do this? It's you know, we spend our lives through work, family, other other stuff, stressing, anxiety, paying bills. Just be in this moment and enjoy it, and have this bit of you time to enjoy going to watch Tottenham wherever you are in the world however you do it and even if things don't you know go right in the in the derby or against Liverpool we're on a massive journey here and just you know just stay stay the course and up the spurs that's it that's where we end uh Steve what would you say as we as we end this episode boys 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 don't be an asshole perfect and Mike what would you say yeah, this is a fucking crazy world out there. Ricky just mentioned all the shit. Uh, so I just want everybody to, you know, if you're feeling shitty, just mask up if you have to, protect other people, and be safe. And? And Tottenham Hotspur action. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm.